Fake, fake, fakeity fake. Hi, I'm Jody. And I'm Vienno. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News and talk about forest fire conspiracy theories with my friend Vienno. Sure. How are you, Vienno? Mm, I'm okay. I'm doing... Yeah, all right. Got some peppers from the garden today. It's sunny. The nice. smoke is gone from the skies. For now. <laughs> yes. How are you? I and mean, we haven't recorded a podcast since then, but yes, our skies were very smoky from the uh, northern Ontario and Manitoba forest fires. So it was uh, terrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like, and New York has like some of the worst air quality in the world right now. Like, you go out and you can smell the smoke type of thing from the fires out west for them you you could smell the smoke here i mean we're not as far as new york but like when i went out for a walk you could definitely smell the smoke oh i didn't notice it ever yeah it's gone yeah for now no it, ours was we went on a, a late night walk and it was uh i even felt like uh my breathing was shallower than normal like it, it did not feel good after going for that walk <laughs> uh I did it anyways, because, you know, you got to flex those legs, you know? Yeah, got to flex them. Actually, as of today, this is two weeks out since I got my vaccine, so I'm, I'm pretty uh, stoked. Full immunity. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, of course, you're not, like, 100% fully immune. Uh, there has been some crossover uh people infections particularly with the the delta virus but uh i should be in the clear in terms of dying from the virus uh most people who have your your full dosage of vaccines do not die from this thing so that's good to know i wonder if delta airlines is really pissed at how they chose to name the virus variants no chance they're at the top of the search engine list anymore Who's flying at this time anyways? Really, <laughs> really, the, no one's searching for it anyway, so th- they lucked out, if anything. USA. USA. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, I feel like this is going to be a real short one, but that's uh, nice on me for editing. We're almost caught up. Almost. And uh, hopefully, I think in the next two weeks, we should be fully caught up. Hopefully. So long as nothing explodes in the universe and uh, makes that harder for me. <laughs> You should you should not have jinxed yourself just there. Something's gonna happen now. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, uh, good thing I do not believe in said jinxes. And uh, with that, here is the imperial roundup. Um, no, we have Patreons to thank. Oh my God, Patreon! Shout yeah, out. how could I forget? I remembered, and you didn't for once. It's always the other I way see, around. I psyched myself out. I psyched myself out because <laughs> I said everything was going to be fine, and then I failed, see? Yep. Uh, we would like to thank Troy, our newest member of the media party. Yeah, that is literally the definition of a media party. Uh, we would also like to thank Richard, Durka, Darren, Sarah, and Ryan. You are the Laurentian elite of the Imperial News podcast. You're talking about the Laurentian elites? Folding from Laurentian elites. Canada's Laurentian elite. Uh, We would also, also like to thank Mo, Nicholas, Michael, and Tim, our foreign-funded environmentalists. What's your message to world leaders today? 
up. My message is that we'll be watching you. How dare you! Lastly, we would like to thank our ultimate patrons, Nate and Ken, for being less annoying than Joel Pollock's cell phone. And had to basically start from scratch. We start from scratch. And that's crazy. We start from scratch. Testosterone flowing. We start from scratch. And that's crazy, crazy. Homeless people in LA have smartphones. Thank you all so much for your support. You can donate to us at patreon.com slash imperialnews. Now, the Imperial Roundup? Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy! I'm a weirdo. This is what happened on the Rebel from July 5th to July 9th. Elon Musk, like most capitalists, is sucking up to China in order to have access to their markets. Here's Elon Musk showing himself as a young man saying, bless America. Doesn't he look good there? I really like that photo. But I saw what Elon Musk was saying in Chinese at the same time. And that's when I realized that I was easily fooled. See, while in English he was saying, bless America, this is Elon Musk's Chinese language social media page. Because you understand, Twitter is banned in China. Now, you may not speak Chinese, but I think you can understand what that is in the top left. That hammer and sickle and the number 100. That is Elon Musk. At the same time as he's saying, bless America, is blessing the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. He's not saying, I love China. Musk was supposed to be his right-wing businessman savior friend next to Peter Thiel, who would usher in his ideal future. However, now that Musk has posed with the hammer and sickle and bent the knee to China, Ezra feels tricked and betrayed. God. It was seeing those two faces of Elon Musk that really broke my heart. I was sort of a fan of his. I liked the fact that he was audacious and a little bit quirky, but now I feel sort of like I was tricked by him. I was only reading what he wanted me to read and not his other stuff. Ezra discusses what they plan to do on Rebel News now that the lockdowns are winding down. This is a weird position for him to be in because his entire theory is that these lockdowns were never supposed to end. Of course, he never mentions this. Ezra still claims that both fascists and communists will learn from these lockdowns, and his guest, Mark Morano, speculates that the next lockdowns will be climate-related. You're a good person, a good society, if you support these endless restrictions. They are ready, they are poised, they're openly talking about moving it on to climate. And I have about five other examples, if we get a chance to go through, of what's just happened in the last month on the climate lockdown front. He doesn't explain what these climate lockdowns will look like, but he contrasts them with German tanks storming the neighborhood overnight. We are facing 
in our lifetimes, Ezra, the greatest threat that ever we could ever conceive. This isn't about German tanks rolling into our city and imposing some kind of overt authoritarianism. This is a creeping overnight, uh, part creeping and then part happens overnight. Uh, Stay at home, no backyard barbecues, Mm -hmm. government had to justify your existence and they're now morphing it to climate. Major reports coming out. And I don't see any of our leadership and politicians on the parties, on, on the, the leaders who are supposed to be on the side of liberty. I see most of them as completely clueless, certainly in the United States. Ezra ends the interview by comparing people who tell you to wear masks with snitches during the Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, Peter Hitchens, the UK columnist, I believe, for the Daily Mail, said it best during the height last summer of the COVID uh, lockdowns. He said, if anyone ever wondered what they would have done during uh, Hitler's early years in Nazi Germany, how they would have fought, how could that have happened to these enlightened German people? You don't need to look further than what happened to the world in 2020 and 2021. And I think he's exactly right. Everyone looks back at history and says, how could they allow that? And yet we were here now. We watched as in L.A. and Los Angeles and California, people were rewarded. Snitches get rewards Mm -hmm. for ratting on your neighbor for too many people over at their house. Your utilities could be cut off Mm -hmm. if you had too many people. This was a world that no one ever expected to happen, let alone happen literally overnight Mm -hmm. uh, with the hysteria following COVID-19. Mark Morano refuses to get the vaccine because he claims we've been lied to this entire pandemic. After mentioning Bill Gates drinking poop water and Trudeau being a part of the Great Reset conspiracy theory, Mark Morano wants you to know this isn't Alex Jones-level conspiracy theories. So all these things you're talking about, Mark, I mean, they sound, oh my God, conspiratorial. Well, they're being done out in the open. You know, the World Economic Forum saying you won't own anything and you'll love it. Um, Everything you have rent, drones are delivered. Here's a quote. These are, again, I only give sources, quotes. I don't like say, oh, you know, Alex Jones said this. No. The International Energy Agency report, which came out, I believe, in March of this year, 2021, urged behavioral changes, these are all in quotes, behavioral changes to fight climate change, a shift away from private car use, upper speed limits, thermostat controls, limits on hot water. These are in the report. These are the actual mainstream findings. They're telling us exactly what they want to do. This is an odd thing to say, considering that both Ezra and Mark are frequent Alex Jones guests. But Mark goes on to say that in 2021... What I, my new line, by the way, my new philosophy is 2020-2021 are the year conspiracy realities outnumber conspiracy theories. You can yeah. take that to the bank. Wendy Mesley is fired from the CBC, in part for using the N-word in front of her staff. Ezra gloats about the firing and plays every clip he has where Wendy mentions Rebel News by describing them as racist. However, rather than simply taking the win, Ezra claims she only had success because she was in a relationship with Peter Mansbridge, another CBC employee, feeding into sexist tropes about successful women. Ezra then ends the segment by using a racial slur for Japanese people in order to make the point that saying the N-word in any context, including a descriptive context, is terrible. You know, I was, I was talking to, to our uh, producer-editor, Justin, earlier in the day, and I was remarking on my own late grandfather, who was from the silent generation, the generation that, you know, World War II. And, and I'm thinking back a generation now, but he would say the word Japs. And I would sort of, oh, tense every time he said it, because you don't say that. But you know what? For the generation that grew up in World War II, that was how they, that was the disparaging word for 
the Japanese, and it's not a nice word, but that's the entire culture said that. It was part of, you know, allied propaganda against Japan. And, and you wouldn't judge someone who grew up in the war and those were the language and he fought, I mean, for those who fought. Wendy Mesley is not much older than me and she grew up in the most progressive liberal place, 40 years at the CBC. So she doesn't have the excuse of someone, you know, born in the, in the 1910s kind of thing. She has no excuse for dropping the N-bomb repeatedly in the year 2020 in the CBC. I mean, I, I'm not disparaging my late grandfather at all. I'm just remarking what generational, generational terms are different. I mean, um, what's Wendy Mesley's excuse for dropping the N-word in the year 2020? Hi, I just wanted to add that I forgot that there was a clip online of Ezra saying the N-word repeatedly during a debate in front of a live audience. I'm not going to post it here, but uh, it's ironic given his uh, vi- his outrage over Wendy Mesley. So uh, I'm not going to play it here. But if you wanted to go hear it, if you don't believe me, just search Ezra Levant Debates CHRC's Ian Fine on Human Rights on YouTube and uh, enjoy yourself. But uh, warning, he says it multiple times. Ezra learns that Canada gives foreign aid to China, and he is outraged. Ezra makes it sound like the government of China is getting this money directly, which they are not. He also scoffs at the idea that the money is for things like improving the environment and for food programs in impoverished regions of China. Ezra doesn't mention that some of the money goes to help protect people from contracting HIV and other infectious diseases, something that might be important considering the last year we've had. Drea Humphrey was gently moved by the RCMP while she was trying to ask Justin Trudeau a question. Ezra is now claiming she was physically assaulted by the RCMP and is officially filing a complaint. And that is the week. So most of the things we're going to talk about this week have to do with the... I guess that what I could describe as the fire in Lytton, BC, but also tangentially related to the uh, fires that have been occurring at churches across the country. So as uh, I think we've mentioned this on previous episodes or we've mentioned on the stream, but everyone should know by now is that there's been these ongoing arsons at churches, uh, largely Anglican or Catholic churches. And they have been mostly in response to the findings of uh, mass graves of indigenous children at residential schools across this country. So, I mean, that that's part of like the framework that Ezra is working in. And when I mentioned at the top that he's like a conspiracy theory about this, it's mainly because it's going to focus on what happened in Lytton, B.C. Now, we mentioned in one of our previous episodes that the town of B.C., Uh, town of Lytton, B.C. was completely wiped off the map. It was close to, I think, like 90 to 95% uh, burned to the ground after they had temperatures that were the highest recorded temperatures in Canada ever on record. In North America. North America? (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. No, like, 
insane. They were 49.5 degrees Celsius, which I think uh, the last time we chatted about it, you referenced that was hotter than any recorded temperature at Las Vegas, which... uh, Yeah, it was hotter than like anything in Las Vegas, but it's also... It also beats the hottest recorded temperatures in, like, all of Europe as well as North America. So it's just, like, like it broke, you know, global records for a northern place in the world. Um, Yeah, and then also, like, I think something important to talk about when mentioning Lytton is that it's, um, it was both a, like, heavy heavily like indigenous populated town and then also the surrounding area around it is a first nations reserve so or like first nations land i'm not entirely sure if it's bc has weird things about that because they mostly don't have uh, established treaties um but like it's very overwhelmingly indigenous so when we get into this keep that in mind considering ezra's uh, racism i guess we can just leave it at that yes i mean i mean it feeds into his conspiracy as well because part of what he wants to say is he wants to argue that the town burning down was possibly the result of a church fire now as far as so as i mentioned the arsons at the beginning of the segment so he, he's likely trying to blame this on indigenous people for lighting a church on fire the truth of the matter is There's not a lot of evidence that points to a church burning for being the cause of this. One of the things that we speculated about and which was uh, sort of speculated about when the fire first happened was this had to do with train tracks. So, for example, both rail lines in Canada, the major rail lines, go through Lytton, B.C. And it's quite possible that sparks on the rail, which is a common cause of forest fires, lit this fire. Especially since even though they had this dramatic temperature surge and like fire warnings were in place, no government decided to halt the trains from driving through this area, even though it is a known fire hazard. So that was the first sort of speculation that was going around. The other thing, which is a common speculation for all forest fires, was some kind of lightning strike. But both of these have kind of been ruled out. Right now, the train tracks, I think, are still on the table. But from what I'm seeing, uh, the at least the fire people who are writing releases about the evidence that they're coming up with, it seems to be centered in two particular areas uh, that they think it might have emerged from, neither of which is the, the train tracks. Ezra does mention that there was four churches in Lytton, B.C., and I find this funny because one of them is actually a Buddhist temple, and I don't think uh, <laughs> why why would that be a target? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but and I feel like like just to show the level of like Ezra's research, I I because it does say four places of worship on like the Lytton BC website, and my guess is he didn't click the link to see what uh, each establishment is. And so he just goes from there where he's like, well, there's four points at which this fire could have been uh, started, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is that most of the other churches are also not affiliated with the Catholic Church in any way. 
The only one that is loosely affiliated historically was uh, there was an Anglican church there. Uh, and I only mention that because other Anglican churches have been targeted in this recent uh, spate of uh, arsons. However... Yeah, because Anglicans did run residential right. schools as well. So the interesting thing, though, is the two locations that are sort of marked by police as, like, the areas of interest are nowhere near the Anglican church that used to exist in Lytton. Now, again, it doesn't exist because, again, 95% of the town doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's nowhere near the point of interest where the research is taking place. And that information was available to Ezra by the time he was doing this episode, the least he could have done was like done a few seconds of research. But instead, what he did is he went on Tucker Carlson and told Tucker Carlson that he thinks that the Lytton BC uh, fire was the result of a church burning. And that is so irresponsible in, in like, there's not a single shred of evidence that this is the case. And you went on one of the largest television programs in the United States to promote this untrue theory that, if anything, is going to prejudice people towards indigenous people, which is fucking gross. Yeah. Tucker fucking Carlson. And I will say at this point, uh, he never brought up Tucker Carlson this time. I think the last time he was on Tucker Carlson was when he released his big... Uh, Chinese military scoop where uh, the Canadian government was supposedly training Chinese soldiers to prepare for winter warfare over the Himalayas. Uh, <laughs> uh, and somehow, I guess, Petawawa is the perfect... And, and six soldiers were necessary in Petawawa to gain that knowledge to bring to the Himalayas because these two environments are equivalent. Uh, and so he went on to Tucker, I think it was like back in December or January to announce that story. But this time, I guess, he was invited on and he did this story, but it was like three minutes and it wasn't even a major piece, so I don't think he cared to talk about it here. But it is worth mentioning that we did a segment on YouTube. You can go watch it where we watched the video uh, appearance on Tucker. I will also say that we've made friends with a cool new-ish podcast called Tuckered Out, and they also covered it and uh, mentioned us in covering it, so... I guess since we're covering it now, we can mention them, and it'll be like a mention inception. <laughs> it's actually dialectics, don't you know? But since they do a similar podcast like us, it's uh, worth uh, checking out if you're in the search for new podcasts and want to keep a tab on uh, one of America's worst right-wing propagandists right now. Ezra does get kind of weirder with this story, though which is that he somehow connects this with uh, the Las Vegas shooting. Okay? <laughs> sure. And his connection is that he's like, isn't it odd that we still don't know why the Las Vegas shooting happened? So if you remember, this was a guy who holed himself up in a hotel in Las Vegas and shot at a country music festival, killing, I think it was over 50 people. And we still don't know why he decided to do it. Like there's speculation, but there's, he didn't leave a manifesto. There was no note, nothing like this. Right. So it's unknown. And he goes in Lytton, 
a First Nations area. The Yellow Pages say there are four churches in that town. Was one of them torched by an arsonist, but instead of just burning the church, it burned the whole village and killed two people, maybe more? Is that what happened? I don't know. And frankly, if it were what happened, I don't know if we'd find out. Some crimes we're just not allowed to know. Does anyone know what that mass shooting was all about in Las Vegas four years ago? You know, the largest mass shooting in U.S. history. 60 dead, nearly 1,000 injured. That guy holed up in a casino hotel. You know, they still haven't released a motive on that one, which means they never will. I don't know why, but it doesn't build trust in the system, does it? Well, if it turns out that this fire that consumed a whole village and killed two people was by anti-church arsonists, I don't know if you're going to hear about it from Trudeau's RCMP because he spent a fair bit of time whipping up anger at these churches, hasn't he? And not much time raging against hate crimes or terrorism or arson as he likely would have done if they were Muslim mosques or Jewish synagogues. And this, the, like, we've sort of mentioned this several times at many points, which is especially in terms of the, the Wuhan lab and where the origins of the virus are. So many people want to know the causes of things. And there is some element where, like, if somebody just decides and doesn't leave a note and does a shooting, we may never know what the actual, like, impetus for that was right we may never know what caused him or what he was thinking when he did that and given that fires are complicated and they spread and if they ruin the they destroy the evidence behind them as they go it might be hard for people to determine with a close to 100 percent accuracy what the hell happened in Lytton. other than the fact that we have the obvious points of climate change right <laughs> the idea of like you know, an entire town burns down and you're supposed to be able to name, like, the exact spark and location of where it landed in order to, like, know anything about it. It's like, sparks happen and it was dry and the hottest it has ever been on this continent. It fucking burned down. Like, what are you, huh? Huh? It's all going to be speculation. Like It's still amazing what we can know. Like reading one of the articles, they have they have some idea that they might be able to tie it back to a parking lot. But even then, so it's like it likely started here. But then what what was it that started it there? Like they were speculating it could be like a spark from a car. Right? And it could have mm-hmm. been a car that then left. And like you know what it, so it's it's hard to determine what exactly was the cause, even if you can narrow it, narrow it down pretty precisely where exactly it started, you know? But it's it's also yeah. weird because, like, I'm not someone who 100% wholly trusts the system, you know? <laughs> you know, like, the CIA, CSIS, they've done some shady shit in our lives, you know? I, I don't doubt that. But, like... Why this? Like, it seems to me that, like, if Trudeau knew this was a church burning that did this, I guarantee you, just like he treated that one indigenous protester that showed up at one of his events by saying, thank you for your donation. I don't think Trudeau would cover this up. If that man got a chance to publicly demonize indigenous people, he would jump on it like 
Yep. It's so obvious and stupid. Like, but it, again, it's kind of like the the conservatives buy into the liberal rhetoric and think that they are actually doing or actually believe they're like shitty photo ops. Like, you know, they think that Trudeau loves indigenous people because he poses for pictures and cried at the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, uh, like summit or whatever that was called. Like, you know, like they buy into that. They're like, oh yeah, he actually means what he's doing here and we'll follow it up with action when like anybody else will be like, no, he doesn't give a shit. Like he never has. It's weird too, because Ezra has on his show criticized Trudeau both for that thank you for your donation bit at a uh, speaking event that he was at, but he's also criticized Trudeau for other things that he did towards indigenous people, including the fact that he challenged another indigenous MP to a boxing match and then like had as the deal that the guy had to cut his hair or something, which it's like for that person's culture, like cutting of the hair is like a big deal. And it was like a weird thing for Trudeau to put that on the line. You you know what I mean? Like there was so many like things. I forgot about that. There's so many things throughout Trudeau's history that are just like weird when it, or not weird, but like gross when it comes to indigenous people. And Ezra has brought that up on his show to like criticize Trudeau because of course, like for him, he'll take the, the bonus points of being for indigenous people when he can, because Ezra is, you know, uh, not principled, (laughs) but it's like you, like you've had multiple segments on your show criticizing Trudeau for his handling of indigenous people. And yet you think that somehow he's going to cover this up. Why? It's so, it's so fucking gross. How, how, like, how he flips on a dime like that, of, like, trying to, like, look, I agree with you, indigenous people, Trudeau hates you, and then the moment where it becomes advantageous to take the opposite line, be like, Trudeau is secretly working with indigenous people and covering up their crimes, you know? Yeah. He then goes on to the, the next part of this, which is tangentially related to this whole thing, which is that there was this B.C., Civil Liberties Association president named Harsha Walia. And she tweeted on June 30th, burn it all down. He complains on this episode that she hasn't been let go. But it is worth noting that she did eventually resign by July 16th. So she is currently uh, resigned. And she did so after an onslaught of racist and bigoted attacks against her. Primarily, probably because Ezra talked about her on his show and mentioned this tweet. Okay? I mean, didn't it spread to, like, it was a lot of Americans attacking her as well? Oh, yeah. It was it was all over the place. Like, I don't... How did it get to them? Was that... Did Ezra go on people's show again, or...? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily that, but he, he... And I don't know if, like, Ezra was the start of it, but he fed into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely oh, yeah, was very condemning of her on his show. The thing that's very frustrating here is burn it all down is a very common phrase. 
And she even used that as her defense of like, I'm not saying go commit arson and burn churches. It just so happens that she said burn it all down at a time when certain people are burning churches. Right? Burn it all down is a good thing. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, she was right saying burning it all, burn it all down. We should be burning it all down. Like, you know, carefully controlled fires if you can, because it's fire season or whatever, but still burn it all down. Like, burn it all down with sledgehammers if you have to, you know? Like... (laughs) It's a metaphor. I think, well, that's like part of the reason why I say this is not because like I agree with you as well. Like burn it all fucking down. Like, I yes, of course. I think the part that like annoys me is like, I like we hear these people all the time say such terrible things uh, and directly mean something, but then skirt out on context. Oh, you misunderstood me. This is You took it out of context or whatever. And it's like, it would be one thing if she said, let's burn down all of the Catholic churches, okay? Something she never said. And yet Ezra spends the whole show reacting as if what she said was everyone should go out right now and start burning Catholic churches. And so, like, that's what people were reacting to, but it's still, it's like, you know, what would be the difference if she said, we need to take it all back, we need to fight? (laughs) Like... That's still using a language in a way. It's not like she was at that moment saying, let's fight, actively organizing people to go, like, stab fascists in the face or something. That would have been so cool, though. <laughs> it's just weird for, like, the, the, the way that they take this and run with it. And they ruined, you know, for the people who complain about cancel culture all the time, like, they sent vitriol and hate towards this woman. For several weeks. Yeah. It's it's interesting, like, around her resignation as well, because it's come out that the... Um, so, like, the BC Attorney General's office fun- helps fund uh, the BC Civil, Liber- Civil Liberties Association. And... Uh, in BC, the government is an NDP government, and the NDP uh, attorney general threatened to withhold funding from the BCCLA over this stuff. And that was like one of the big things that prompted her resignation was the BCCLA's board members then like refused to back her up on anything, and so basically left her to face all of this shit alone. And the NDP joined the dog pile the like like and now there are i think multiple board members uh who did try to stand up with her who are resigning for like uh, from the bccla as well like it's i don't know it's kind of showing the like spinelessness spinelessness and toothlessness of like liberal legal institutions where it's like and like small l liberal um where it's just like they have no actual capacity to defend civil liberties. I know, it's a civil liberties organization. Yeah. <laughs> just absolutely fucking ridiculous. She has the right to say this. It, it, is, it is absurd. 
and uh, depressing. But of course, Ezra has to end the segment with a kind of like showboating, like a, a posturing gesture, which is uh, apparently the BC Law Association partly funds the BC Civil Liberties Association. And Ezra apparently donates money to the BC Law Association. So he got his lawyers to craft a letter asking the BC Law Association for a refund. Oh my God. Unless they, like, <laughs> unless they get, like, a Harshawalia fired or uh, refuse to donate to the BC Civil Liberties Association. We here at Rebel News have lots of legal work in BC. So the Law Foundation's grant to the BCCLA includes some of our money. Some of our rebel money um, is being spent on the salary for Harsha Wally, that weird hater, anti-Zionist, anti-police, anti-church cheerleader. Now, look, I'm not for prosecuting hate speech, but I'm going to guess that Harsha Wally is at least against her list of enemies, conservatives, Jews, churches, whatever. I, I think she's absolutely over the line of the left's hate speech test. I mean, imagine if she was talking that way about mosques, burn them all down. But I do object to my own money being used to whip up religious bigotry and to call for criminal violence, even if she says she didn't mean it. So I asked our lawyers to draft a letter to the BC Law Foundation, not as just some busybody meddler, but literally as someone whose own money has been taken from me and given to this race-baiting, arson-cheering nut bar. I want my money back. And frankly, if the BC Law Foundation has any morals, which is an open question, they should rescind their $380,000 grant to the BCCLA. That's not censorship. That's just stopping to give free money to a crazy violence cheerleader. I mean... Now, I don't think his was the final straw that eventually obviously got her to resign. We just like talked about it. But it's like, again, it's like petty gesturing like that is all he has for offer, you know? We're going to end this show by talking about two lawsuits. One is a Canadian one and one is an American one. And the American one, I, I don't have much to say other than what they don't say. And it's kind of funny. And so we'll start there. And this lawsuit is that Trump is suing big tech. And so Ezra talks to Breitbart writer Alum Bukhari. Remember, he ghostwrit a piece by Malo Yiannopoulos that tried to launder the neo-Nazi and neo-reactionary viewpoints to the world. So this guy's fun, but he has uh, Alan Bakari on to talk about this Trump suing big tech companies. OK, now they don't actually say much about the lawsuit at all, except for they're like vaguely in favor of it because boo big tech. And they, they have some caution about its success, even though they're like, it should succeed. Uh, the reason I ask about the, the law firm is that I know that a lot of Donald Trump's challenges to elections issues, um, now, you got to take critics with a grain of salt because there's a lot of bad faith critics when Trump is involved. But I'm not sure if he had the finest legal minds in America behind those challenges uh, to election irregularities. Maybe he did, but I, I'm unfamiliar with the America First Policy Institute. Um, maybe they are the best and they have the best arguments, but if you're going to take on the mightiest, richest corporations in America, Twitter, Facebook, who have unlimited funds to hire 
not just the best lawyers, but to hire all the best lawyers, you'd better be going in there with the sharpest knives in the drawer. Maybe the America First Policy Institute has those, but without knowing more, I'm nervous because I saw, uh, you know, I, I think of some of the more colorful legal claims that were made between November and January by Trump's team, and a lot of them fell apart under scrutiny. I do want to frame, though, since they don't even talk about it, that this is, in fact, a very terrible lawsuit okay. and will likely fail out of the gate, pretty much. And the lawyers who filed the lawsuit on behalf of Donald Trump are likely going to receive sanctions for doing so. <laughs> it is that bad, okay? So... <laughs> if you want to go find out more information about this, I encourage you to uh, listen to the opening arguments podcast that did an entire breakdown of it. I'm just going to go over some of the like the key points, and uh, you can go over there to get uh, the in-depth reasons for why this lawsuit is silly. But my favorite is that the lawsuit itself is completely full of typos, including the spelling of the lawyers' names. <laughs> like the lawyers who are filing the lawsuit? <laughs> Like they yes. misspelled their own names? They misspelled their own names, correct. Uh, huh? <laughs> what? The, <laughs> the other thing, this gets like a little bit more complicated, but the lawsuit tries to create a class of people. So the argument, so I, I didn't specifically address what specifically they're suing the big tech companies for. And it's this. They, they're suing for being canceled off of social media. Okay. So Donald Trump famously removed from Twitter. So in the lawsuit, they want to create a class for a class action suit. So it's basically anyone who has ever had their count restricted on Twitter is a part of their class action suit, right? But this gets contradictory because they also perceive the president as like a special category. And in doing so, he wouldn't be a part of a class because... If you're a different thing, you're the president who has special rights, that's different from all the other people who've been kicked off Twitter. <laughs> so the lawsuit itself is internally contradictory. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's amazing is they don't even have standing. Okay. So they're suing under this section 23 part of the Communications Decency Act, which is about providing immunity for companies for what third parties post on their sites. So, in other words, this is something that a company could sue? If, or, or you could sue based on uh, immunity or other issues? Like, you can't sue based on Section 230 because you got kicked off of someone else's platform. That doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Sure. Which is why, of course, Ezra and Bakari never mention what the actual lawsuit is. Or <laughs> any of the specifics, right? Even they can't support Trump anymore. Like, they can't bring <laughs> themselves to do it. Well, it is interesting that Ezra at one point worries about the lawyers, saying Trump had bad lawyers fighting the election. So, you know, all the lawsuits they filed to try to say that the election was being stolen from them. And notice how Ezra words that, because Ezra still thinks that the election was stolen. He just thinks that it was the bad lawyers that kind of screwed it up for Trump. <laughs> uh, God. 
Ah, so, I mean, at least he acknowledges that Trump has bad lawyers, but then it's like, then why would you support and talk about this lawsuit, which is clearly going to fail and sucks? And it's likely, because I don't know if anyone's been following uh, along, but it's quite possible Rudy Giuliani is going to be stripped of his law, uh, his his bar uh, association, and also uh, his license to, to practice law. The Sydney Powell, I think her name was, who who's like uh, unleashed the Kraken woman. <laughs> She's likely going to be stripped and not be allowed to practice law. Uh, oh shit! There was a few others. Basically, all his lawyers that have been going on TV and promoting all this bullshit are getting their uh, law license removed from them because all their lawsuits, especially during the election reached a point of just like abusing their practice as lawyers such that a judge is now in the process of stripping them of their ability to practice law now i wish they would have done it earlier to be honest how many times did rudy rudy giuliani have to fuck up on things before uh you know it should have happened long before we got to see him sweat his hair dye off of his face during that one uh, press interview i don't know it's just like it's so fucking stupid. Like, he was president. <laughs> yeah. Can you, like, I, every time I have to pause and go, for the past four years, there was this utter buffoon that's, like, because of awkward uh, social politics, got placed in a position of power so that he could make money out of being the president. That man was the most powerful man in the world for four years. Yeah. And <laughs> he can't spell his own lawyer's names correctly. Because I assume that it was probably him that, like, either dictated no. or typed up this shit. There's no fucking way that, like, the lawyers misspelled their own names. They well. were probably just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> Trump gave us another sheet to, like, send to a fucking judge. Like, No, it was likely the lawyer's staff, but, like, still. The lawyer staff should know the person they worked for, uh, their name, you know, or at least gone over it, like, yeah. <laughs> and check like, for typos. How the fuck does that happen? Because <laughs> they, they, like, brainwashed to, to a certain extent. They're, like, dear leader, dear leader said, do it, and we'll do it, and like, that's it. I don't know. Very weird. <laughs> yeah. The last lawsuit, Ugh. which is more relevant to to Canada. And is a bit, uh, I guess, less controversial to a certain extent, is that a church won a court case where they were denied government funds based on discrimination. So what this was is there was this program where uh, students could receive funding from the government through organizations that were going to take on students. And... There's stipulation in that that the government cannot give money to people who harm or are prejudiced against the applicants or of protected classes. Okay? Something along those effects. I'm probably saying the legal stuff all wrong here. Yeah. But the point is, Ezra claims that the court ruled that they did not discriminate against anyone. And so has one of the people who works at the church on or their lawyer to discuss the case. 
The fact is, they actually won based on the fact that the government didn't do a sufficient investigation, according to the judges. And this was the Supreme Court of Canada. And Ezra claims they were targeted for being Christian. He makes this whole scene. If I'm reading that correct, correctly, and Dr. Zietzman, you correct me if I'm not, the court said that they were just asking you to fill out forms and they weren't even really paying attention. As soon as they saw that you guys were believing Christians, that you had a faith-based approach to education, they knew they weren't going to give you the dough, even though you do not discriminate. You do not treat people illegally or poorly. They just saw Christian, they saw faith-based, and they just threw it out. They knew it was, the fix was in. That's my reading of Justice Mosley's um, ruling. Is that how you take it? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's approximately correct. But the real like the reality is they were denied receiving the funds from the government because the government checked who they were online and found out that they had posted stuff online that was anti-gay marriage. Mm -hmm. So they were like, this is a group that is prejudiced against gay people and therefore declined to give them the money. The question in the courts was whether that would, uh, whether posting something online that's anti-gay marriage would lead to a discriminatory practice in hiring, and the court ruled that they didn't, uh, they didn't do a sufficient investigation. So like they didn't call the church, they didn't talk to anyone or something like this. I think finding that this church is anti-gay marriage and if you like that's discriminatory, like they're probably not gonna want to hire gay students. Yeah. <laughs> But apparently our Supreme Court thought otherwise, which is like, okay. But the amazing thing about this is you can tell that Ezra has this guy on here mainly to play the angle that Christians are under assault in this country. Ugh. <laughs> and it's like, what about this case is Christians being under assault? Like, he wants to link it back to all the pastors that have been, like, arrested uh, for disobeying COVID restrictions. And then he wants to bring it to the fact of all these churches burning, even though those churches are burning because of an act of genocide. He, he of course, strips away all the, like, the reasoned nuance for why these things are not the equivalent to persecution. But then wants to somehow play into it that, like, the, the government, Trudeau's government, refused to give this poor church any money because they were prejudicial, because they were Christians. And it's like, no, they, they promoted anti-gay marriage stuff on their website. Ridiculous. And that's, that's pretty much it. They're just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to get a lot of this uh, going forward. And in terms of, like anti-Christian prejudice that somehow the Christians are being under attack in our country. And the weird thing is that Ezra himself is not Christian. But I have noticed something a lot lately, which is that he talks almost as if he was Christian. And what I mean by that is he'll say things lately like, when I get to the pearly gates. And I'm like, D is that a Jewish thing? <laughs> when... Ezra sees St. Peter at, at the pearly gates. Yeah. Like, what? Or he'll talk about miracles and stuff, which I guess, like, th there's probably a Jewish tradition of miracles. Yeah. But it, it's always in the context of Christian religion when he's talking about it. And he'll just say things that are just, like, very w weird. And I feel like what he's doing is realizing that his base is primarily Christian. 
and finding ways that even though he's Jewish to try to like, I don't know, uh, entice, <laughs> entice the Christian people to be like, Hey, I'm good. I'm on your side. You know, mm-hmm. I even talk like you, you know, and it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, that is very weird. So, if you got some money or, you know, want to share this around your social circles and whatever, the Open Gaza Initiative uh, for rebuilding Gaza's medical infrastructure is something that's very uh, needed. Um, So, in the 11 days of bombardment that Gaza went through, God, what, a month or two ago now? Six hospitals and 11 healthcare centers were either damaged or destroyed. You know, obviously, that destroys that and the other bombing destroyed even more medical infrastructure in the region, I suppose to say. Gaza's hospitals are in desperate need of new medical equipment, and the thing is, the Israeli led blockade prevents medical equipment from entering Gaza. Um, and so a uh, local uh, doctor, uh, he's, he lives in London, Ontario, same city as we do, uh, Tarek Lubani uh, is basically funding and like helping out with a plan to deploy engineers to refurbish and, uh, refurbish and repair existing hospital medical equipment. Uh, and they'll also be um, improving stuff using uh, 3D printing. So it is something that engineers and, you know, CAD designers and whatever else can work on outside of Gaza and then send the designs as like open source software to Gaza to be printed there. So it'll be like a huge international collaboration effort. And also because it will be open source and available kind of to anybody, if other places are in need of this medical equipment, they will also be able to 3D print it themselves. So currently they are uh, trying to fund 25,000 Canadian dollars, uh, and they're already almost at 18,000. So they're doing really well, which is exciting. Yeah, so if you have some funds or, you know, have a bit of a following on social media or just want to, like, share it with friends and family or whatever. Um, the link will be in the description. Uh, it's a really wonderful initiative. And Tarek Lubani um, is just a really cool dude. He, I believe the last time he was in Gaza, he was shot in the leg by the Israeli military. And the Canadian government did fucking nothing for him, despite him being a Canadian citizen. And like... It raised up like this huge international thing and yeah like and he has spent like his whole career basically like trying to improve the lives of the people of gaza in as best a way he can uh, and it's been largely through like 3d printing um as much medical equipment as possible and trying to design things that are able to kind of like 
get in despite the 16-year blockade on the Gaza Strip. And then I also have two fun little articles. We're recording this on the 22nd of July, so uh, that dickhead at Amazon uh, just went up into space. And so I have a short little (laughs) article uh, called We Are All of Us Machines, How to Work at Amazon. Uh, And it is just like Did you see him thank Amazon employees too? Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Oh, like he thanked them for like working and also for people buying at Amazon for giving him the ability to go to space. It was like, you're gross. Yeah, no, it's like very evil. And this article describes what it's like to work at Amazon. Like there's a whole section of the article talking about how much he wants to slash his supervisor's tires. (laughs) But he keeps parking right underneath the uh, camera at the warehouse. Um, It's just a wonderful article, and I love it so much. Um, And then the other article is um, an interview with um, GM Tamás, who is a Hungarian, I don't know, kind of socialist dude. um, And the article or the interview is entitled uh, All These Things Are Connected. And he's basically talking about the like f- rise of the far right and how that kind of like mixes into um, sort of like European xenophobia and racism and capitalism and Marxism and the like end of the Soviet bloc and just like all of those sorts of things and kind of just like weaves it into a really wonderful and readable interview. Cool dude. And it is Read the fact, article. all connected. Yeah, exactly. And also, yeah, I just love the title. Um, but they're both pretty short. They're both very readable. Highly recommend. Enjoy reading. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, we had our one episode that, uh, was about what happened in London, but then also we got Ezra denying the genocide, but then of indigenous peoples, and then you had uh, as well him deny what's going on in Gaza. And it's like all these uh, international struggles are connected in many ways. And uh, yeah, so I look forward to reading that. So get on it, people. Mm hmm. Let's learn some things. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> and if you support and enjoy what you've heard so far, uh, you can consider giving us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. If you want to stay informed about what we are doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial News of the Z. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up and we'll be doing Twitch streams every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find all the links to our social media stuff in the show notes. Lastly, you can email us any question at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. I will say as well, our YouTube's been doing really well. So uh, consider, even if you don't uh, care to watch this stuff, to go over there and subscribe to our channel. Anything that helps uh, signal boost us is good and cool. And we would like one day to get monetized on that so that all the people who hate watch us will be paying for us. (laughs) 
through advertising revenue, I think. So uh, consider giving us a sub over on YouTube. That would be very kind. It's free and will help us out a lot. Special thanks as well to my friend Mason Tickle for the transi- transition beats. You can find his work at striatum.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. And Wendy Mesley, you are literally canceled. True. Albumia, Albumia, how lovely are your wheat fields.